Welcome to Church Project. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, we're glad that you're here. We say it this way, we're a church, we're a gathering of people that love Jesus, and we love the mission of Jesus in this world, and we want to live that out together, so we're a church. We're also a project, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. And so when we look at the New Testament church, we see that the New Testament church did some very specific things. One, they gathered in the temple courts by the thousands, and so we gather Sundays by the thousands, except on spring forward days. But you're here, that's good, good job. We also see that the early church, they met in homes by the dozens, and they cried together, they laughed together, they uh, had cake together and falafel and shared life together. And when you go into jail, you would come out and go to your house church and they would, they would pray for you. And so we do that as well in our house churches. Throughout the week, we have house churches. And I would encourage everyone, like if you call Church Project your home, here's the deal. Be in a house church. And so we encourage you to do that. And then the third thing that we see that the early church did is they, they met needs everywhere that they went. And so we do the same with our ministry partnerships. And so we partner with effective ministries for the cause of Christ just in our local city and in our world. And so welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here. Uh, a couple things that I want to say before we get going. If you have the Version app, you can open that up and follow along um, with the notes. Uh, and there's a few specific things. One, uh, if you've been with us for a little while, you know the Flanagan's. McCoy um, was in an accident a while back, and we've been providing meals for him. Well, we have about six more meals to provide that's needed right now to get us through the month of uh, whatever month this is. What is this, March? Okay. I have to think by uh, holidays. This is St. Patrick's Day so, or month. So. We have six more, so maybe uh, you could get on there and log in or share it with somebody, but we need to fill about six more spaces uh, to provide meals for them for the rest of this month. The other thing I want to say is we have been in a great partnership with Waypoints Church, and Waypoints meets here on Friday nights, and they meet here on Tuesdays. They make popcorn, and I love it. It's incredible. And so our partnership has looked like the two teaching elders, Todd and Justin from Waypoints, and Ryan and I. Um, from Church Project have been sharing the messages together. We typically go through verse by verse, expository, we go through an entire book. It's been a lot of fun jumping into the book of Proverbs and saying, we're just going to go kind of topical here, because if we can't go expository through Proverbs, it would take a millennial to do it. So we're not going to do that, right? So uh, the neat thing about that is if you're not able to make Sunday gatherings, you could go, the, the whole series thing kind of starts on Friday night, that's when we first do it then Sunday, and then Tuesday. So Friday, I gave this message at Waypoints. Today, you get the second. I worked out all the kinks, don't worry. And then if I fail today, you could go on Tuesday night and hear it. And so it's a, it's a cool partnership that we've got going on with Waypoints. And I say that today specifically um, because we've been in a really good rotation of teaching and taking terms teaching. Uh, and for those of you that, that know Ryan and Trino, you know that Ryan's um, father passed away a week ago, and he was on rotation to be speaking up here this week. And so he's obviously not. Uh, he had the funeral yesterday, which was very, very beautiful. Um, and minister fans in the house, I don't even know your name, but welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, all the way from Portland? Is that right? Yes. Area, area. Okay. So welcome. We're glad that you're here. And I mention that because it's been really cool in our partnership being the Ecclesia, and I mean the capital C Church. 
Um, though Ryan was up, it was easy to slide me into the plates and be like, all right, Ryan, you go ahead and, and take your time. So this partnership has been great. I've loved experimenting to see what two churches can do together, and it's been a lot of fun. So thank you for being flexible with that, and also I want to celebrate with that with you. Like, this is really, really cool what we get to do. So there you go. Uh, another thing is, though, um, because we're having this, this partnership with Waypoints, they're really good um, at, at what we're calling Holy Week. And so we're partnering with Waypoints during Holy Week. And, and what that looks like is there's a Passover meal that we're going to do together in this place. You have to buy tickets for it. And so I've already bought my tickets. And warning, Balconeers, I already bought the table that's up there. Like, I'm sitting there. I'm doing that. So you better get the balcony filled up there. But if you want tickets, I'm telling you, it sells out. I've been here before, and it will be completely full. It's going to be Waypoints Church and us. So you need to go to our website or our Facebook page and get your, your Passover tickets for that. I think you'll really, whoa, you can drop those back down. Man. That just got really weird. <laughs> Please. Uh, so we're doing Passover, which is great, but we're also doing a Stations of the Cross the next day. And then what it looks like on Easter is we're having two Easter gatherings too. So the whole week, we are being the church. It's going to be Waypoints and Church Project moving together, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So yes, get your tickets. It will sell out. So yeah, that was a lot to talk about. Can we jump in? Let's jump in. Um, here's what I want to say, Okay. If I were to do this to you, what would you do? Oh yeah, there you go. You would, you would block it, you would catch it, you would, you would do something. You throw it back? Okay, all right. I hit that in my pocket like I know. There you go. Uh, I want to talk about today, the, the topic is action over apathy. Action over apathy. And we're looking at, we're looking at uh, the book of Proverbs. And again, the book of Proverbs starts out and paints two pictures of women. And the first one, it, it bookends the book of Proverbs. The first one is choosing the wayward woman and, the, and the, the woman that will lead you down to death, which is a really great example of just not choosing wisdom. And in the end, it says, follow lady wisdom. And so through the whole book of Proverbs, we have the opportunity through topics like this, action over apathy, when we look at the whole book, to gain the wisdom and say, we have a choice. We can either choose Lady Wisdom or we can choose to go our own way. And today is no different than that. When we're talking about action over apathy, I want to start out and say this. Indecision is a dangerous thing. Would you agree? Indecision is a dangerous thing. For example, you're skiing. How many of you love to ski, snowboard, whatever, okay? You're skiing. You're having a great day. You're in your tight pinks, whatever that you wear. Don't know why I said that, but you're looking good. You're looking good. You're going for it. And then there's a tree right in front of you. Would indecision be a terrible thing? You don't want to sunny bono it, right? Like you... you You've got to do something. Indecision is a terrible thing. Take note of this, and I think it begins in your notes, and take notes if you want to. Life-threatening situations call for action. You probably need to move out of the tree's way because it's not moving, right? Life-threatening situations call for action. I'll say this. The message today is going to kick our booty. Because as much as life-threatening situations call for action, soul-threatening situations call for even greater action. We are more than just flesh and blood. 
If we call ourselves Christians and followers of God Almighty, sons and daughters, like we are more than just flesh and blood, regardless of whether you call yourself Christians. We are more than flesh and blood. We have a whole thing called a soul. And so today what we're talking about, action over apathy, soul-threatening situations call for even greater action. And the topic today is soul-threatening. Like, this will numb your life if you choose to not choose Lady Wisdom and follow the wisdom of Scripture in this. The greatest emergency response team are the ones that run towards the emergency. Would you agree? That's who I want coming to my house when it's on fire. That's who I want coming when a loved one is in desperate need of care. I want a response team that's going to run towards the fire and run to help. I don't want just passive responders showing up. No way. I want someone that's going to be alert and eager to offer help. And so I set that up and say this. Warning, church, warning. Our one and only life could be on fire right now. And it, and it could be on fire because we may be choosing passivity over action with our life. And I want to say today that this message could be like that warning fire. We need soul CPR today. And so my prayer is that myself and you, we will listen to the Holy Spirit as we're talking about action over apathy. Now, I want to tell you why I need counseling. <laughs> No, I really do need counseling. I think all of us do, by the way. So, This topic in Proverbs that I get the honor to speak on, I spoke on on Friday. I'll speak today and then again to, and Tuesday. You know, I already told you, like it was kind of a, we're going to switch places. Ryan's going to go off a few weeks and then I'll take this topic. And I thought right away when I looked at it, action over apathy, got it. Own it. I'm going to nail it. I love it. Let's do it. Just like every other week. I'm like, let's go. I'm excited. I'm honored to get up and speak. Until I started looking at it. <laughs> Until I started kind of picking apart. And I just got to say it this way. This message took me four times longer to write than probably most. And if you're in my close circle of friends, you know, I didn't even want to get up here and give this message. And I struggled even on Friday. I'm like, it's, it's four o'clock at clock. Or actually 2 o'clock, I'm at a great conference, and I know I'm supposed to speak at Waypoints, and I'm like, I don't want to give this stupid message. So I ended up leaving the conference even a little early to, fig to figure out, like, I'm talking action over apathy, and it seems like I'm getting apathetic to even give the message. Like, I don't even want to give the message. And I had to do a lot of soul searching in this, and I, I, I feel like this is, this is kind of the things that that I'm being honest with you here, okay? I feel like weekly I get to speak a lot of words up here. For 20 years I have, and it's been incredible. I've loved it. It's been a great honor to do that. And God has anointed me with the ability to expound upon Scripture and to, and to bring application into our lives. Love it. Just like God has anointed you with the ability to go to your vocation and do the same thing. Like there's no difference between you and no difference between me wherever we go. We are evangelists. We, we are to speak a gospel message to people. And so you just get to see me and hear me a lot up here on Sundays. And you're welcome and I'm sorry. <laughs> I love learning. I love teaching. I actually went to seminary later on in life and, and I defeated the odds. The odds were you go there and they used to call it the cemetery. That's where you go to die. 
because you just get so cerebral. You just know Greek and Hebrew, and you lose your heart, and it's just like, ugh. Well, I actually fell more in love with God as I'm going to seminary going, oh, I love this. So I love teaching. I love words. I love the etymology of where words come from. I love diving into scripture. I love doing it. But one of my most frustrating parts of my job is when I passionately put myself into a message. And I passionately reveal truth to us. And yet, by Sunday afternoon, you are sending me stupid texts or going on Facebook and asking questions that I already addressed. And I feel like 20 years, this is what has happened. You see why I need counseling? That says two things. One, I think I'm, I'm better than I am. Two, something about the Holy Spirit on your half and my half. It's not me that's giving the message, it's the Holy Spirit. And I need to realize that. And you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And it reminds me of this, and what I mean by receive the Holy Spirit, is you need to listen to the Holy Spirit and receive the message that God has given you. And so when I get to that point on Sunday afternoon where I'm like, hello, were you even listening an hour ago? Like, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow or marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires, Hebrew 4, 12. The word of God is active. And we, as we dance in this room with the Holy Spirit, he's teaching me and he's teaching you right now. And as we're looking at this topic of action over apathy. May we be people of action that surrender to the Lordship of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. As the Holy Spirit reveals truth to us, may we be people of action. And we're asking ourselves right now in this room, God, what are you calling me to do? What are you calling of me right now in this room? And as we look at this topic, what do we need to know? Action over apathy. I think a good place to start is by describing apathy and what apathy is. So here's apathy. The main symptom of apathy is a lack of motivation to do, complete, or accomplish anything. You just don't have motivation to accomplish anything. If you're living with apathy, the best you can do is react. If you're living with apathy, the best that you can do is react. Action requires proactive living. And that is super profound because if we're living with apathy and we're choosing apathy with our life, whatever life throws our way, we just kind of react to. We just kind of go with the flow and do what seems right. And that's not all necessarily bad, but but warning, warning, church, that if you're living with apathy, the best that you can do is react. As Christians, we are called to action, and action requires proactive living and thinking and praying and preparing. May we be people that are proactive, that we're not just passive people of apathy, but we're proactive, not reactive. Because why? Satan uh, wants us to just react. If we can get to the point where all we're doing is we are just reacting, Satan has got us right where he wants us. Here's a great example. Some of my worst decisions in all of life was when I just went for it. How about you? 
Like some of the worst decisions in my life came from me just reacting. I didn't plan for it. I didn't think for it. I wasn't asking other people about it. I was just reacting. I wasn't proactive. How about you? Think back on some of the decisions in your life. You're like, okay. We're starting to learn today. We're starting to learn. Like Holy Spirit's showing you something, showing me something today. Reactive living will get us caught up in a flurry of fear. If all we're doing is we're, we're, we're reacting to the world around us, it's going to get us caught up in a flurry of fear, doing what everyone else is doing, right? Which may look like you running to Sam's Club and buying a bunch of toilet paper <laughs> because of the coronavirus. Everyone else is. Let's go get it. Like hand sanitizer. There's a bottle back there. If someone wants to sell it, go for it. You can make a lot of money off that stuff right now. Like, Reactive living, it's easy to get caught up in fear and get caught up in the world is doing. And the question for us should be in light of the coronavirus, God, how do I glorify you in my relationship to the coronavirus, corona slash 19 or whatever they call it, I don't know. It's just a great example. We are not to be reactive people. We are to be proactive We are not to be people of apathy. We are to be people that are of action, that are seeking God, saying, God, in all, in all my life, like, how do I glorify you in my relationship to this? Whatever it may be. Action comes from our faith. Action comes from our faith. Reaction comes from following the ways of the world. So if you want to follow the ways of the world, just keep reacting. But our action, regardless, comes from our faith because we know who God is and what he's going to do. And it may take a lot of faith to go differently from the crowd and not just be responding in fear. Faith is deep in our action because we know who God is and we know what he's done, what he has done, and what he will do in our life. It takes deep faith and trust in God to sometimes go against what everyone else is doing, to be proactive and to have action. Proverbs 1, 24 through 27 says this, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So... I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. And then you go down just a few more verses. Proverbs 132 says, For simpletons turn away from me to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. Wow. How many of you want to be known as a simpleton? This is fools right here, man. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency. May that not be you and me. May we be people of action, not apathy. May we be seeking God and being proactive, saying, God, I call upon you. So the main symptom of apathy is a lack of motivation to do, to complete, or to accomplish anything. Why do we need to know what apathy is? It's a good question. So, well, I think it's because, again, Satan wants you to play small. If he can get you just going and responding, he wants you to play small. See, God created and crafted in you greatness. Do you believe that? Do you know that? Like, God created in you and grafted in you greatness. 
Proverbs 12, 27 has become a really, really cool verse that I've thought upon. And this is what it says. You can't have it. You can borrow it. It's mine, but you can borrow it. Lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. But the diligent make use of everything they find. Wow. When I think about that, lazy people don't even cook the game they catch. That sounds pretty apathetic, right? They won't even cook it. They're just kind of sitting around and lack of motivation to do anything. You see the second half, but the diligent make use of everything they find. And I think when you sit on this with the Holy Spirit, this verse, especially that last part, and you begin to ask him and seek him what this means in your life, there are so many things that we as diligent people make use of everything that we find. What have we found? One, we have a life, don't we? God has given us a life. How do we make the most of our life? We have skill sets. We have abilities. We have things. Some of us, like we've got money and resources, and we have so many things. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. Like how far down do we want to go and just say we make the most of everything that we find that God has given us? We are not reactive. We are proactive. We are not filled with apathy. No, we are filled with action. And everything in our life we get to use to glorify God. That's beautiful, man. That means we got to get busy. And I completely understand that sometimes, maybe in this room right now, there's someone that doesn't call themselves Christians. And I get it. Like, hey, I, I hope there's a time in your life where God's already pursuing you. He's already, just so you know that, he's already pursuing you. He already loves you. But maybe there's a time in your life when you realize, okay, you're filled with pride and you can't do life on your own. And so talk to someone around here about how you can just get to know who this Jesus guy is and give your life to him. Like, that's super important. And that's about all I'm going to say about that. Because the rest of this is about Christians. The rest of this message is to us in this room that call ourselves Christians. Because here's the deal. There's no greater time in all of the world to be a Christian. Today, right now, even though we're tired. There's no greater time in all of history to be known for what we do and what we believe and what we stand for. Like the world needs to hear from you. The world needs to see you in action, church. The world needs hope. I'm just going to put it this way, unless you didn't know it, this is an election year. So vote for it. No, I'm joking. This is an election year. I would say this, vote with your conscience. Be informed. Partner with God in making the world a better place. Partner with God. He's already doing it. He's already given us so much. Partner with God in making the world a better place. Let's be diligent to make use of everything that we find in our hands. So yes, that means our Facebook, our Instagram, everything about our life. Like, let's be diligent. Amen? Is this feeling good so far? Oh, this is really good. God has given you what he has given you so that you will put it to use. Partner with God in making the world a better place. It reminds me of the story in the Bible of a master that gave his servants different amounts of money, and you might recall it in your head, to make use of when he was away. And then when he came back in Matthew 25, 19, he says this, after a long time, their masters returned from his trip, and their master, one, not plural, returned from his trip, 
and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. That's us. We've been called to action. And it's not the action that saves us. I don't want to get into that theology, right? I'm counting in this room that you know who you are and you're driven because of a love for God. Like that may be like a next level thought up here, but I'm just going to make that our level thought. Like because you've been pursued by God, because you know who he is and who you are in him, you love him, church, right? And because you love him, we're not simpletons and we're called to action. And so if we're called to action, let's get after it. Yeah. This is what God has called us to do. He's going to return and say, what did you do with everything that I've given you? Everything that I've given you. We don't have time to live passive, apathetic lives. We don't have time to just dance around and kind of do a little bit here. No, man. God's called us to so much. So don't sell us short, church. You personally, don't sell us short. Why are you waiting for me to lead you? Don't. I need counseling. <laughs> I need you. All of us need you. Don't sell us short. Give us all that you've got. Innovate, create, lead. Like, let's be people that run towards the fire. Let's run towards the fire. Let's be people of action, proactive, not reactive and apathetic. How many of you want to innovate? All right, we got a couple of hands. How many of you want to create? Lead. Like, yes, we call upon God for these great, great things. And may we not sit back in this. Why would we not be earth shakers? Why would we not be leading in our vocations and our relationships around us? Well, if you're anything like me, it's because of fear. I mean, we can go into a whole lot of things here, but I'm just taking you down my dark path, okay? Why would I not go shake the earth? Well, if you're anything like me, it's because of fear. Oftentimes, I become complacent and apathetic. Yes, your pastor can live a life of apathy too, which this week I kind of have, by the way. Oftentimes, I become complacent because I fear doing the wrong thing. Or maybe, I'm, I'm letting you into my journaling today or this week. What has drawn me into complacency and apathy at times because of fear, fear of doing the wrong thing, fear of not knowing what to do, right? Oh, this is a good one. Fear of not looking stupid. I don't want to look stupid. I want to save face, so I'll just rather not do anything. Uh, we don't believe God will accomplish what he says. Oof. Dang, that's a hard one. Especially if you've been praying for something for such a long time. You're like, God, I don't know what you're ever going to move in this, so I'm just not going to do anything. Whew. It's not a reason to be apathetic and complacent, but I get it. I'm there a lot, man. Fear or this, like we don't believe we can. God's called us to something. He's saying, do this incredible thing. Like, don't be apathetic, move and shake the earth. And you're like, I don't think I can. You got the wrong guy. I stutter. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> or, I tried that before. It failed once. It's probably going to fail again. Really? God's like, I thought you were a new creation. I can move and do kind of whatever I want. Though you didn't do it that day, it may happen today. Like, right? 
just I'm being honest here. Here's, I think what it kind of all boils down to, of what kind of draws us into apathy and complacency is a loss of hope, or maybe even we need a bigger vision. We need a bigger vision of who God is and who we are in Him. And when we have that, these excuses that we're making around us, whatever they may be, we're like, but I know who God is, and I have a bigger hope, and I have a bigger vision of the future. Don't get sucked into today's depression, people. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7 says this, This is why I reminded you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hand on you. Fan it into flames and work it. God's doing great things. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And all of God's people said, Amen. Do not fear. Run after God. Wow. Knowing what apathy is and that Satan wants to paralyze us to play small, what do we need to do? And I'm going to rocket through these, okay? We need to seek his wisdom. Jeremiah 20, or Jeremiah 10, 21 says this, The shepherds of my people have lost their senses. They no longer seek wisdom from the Lord. Therefore, they, they fail completely and their flocks are scattered. If you would say, my life feels like it is failing completely and my flocks are scattering, scratch your head and wonder why. Maybe you're not seeking the Lord. In the big things and in the small things, like seeking the Lord deeply, earnestly. God, in what areas of my life have I chosen apathy over action? And may I seek wisdom to make a decision because to make a deliberate decision is to choose action over apathy. A deliberate decision comes from seeking God. God, how should I respond to this? Today's excuses could be tomorrow's regret dressed in disguise. Think about that. Today, God may be calling you into something great, and you're like, okay, cool, but I'm tired. I don't want to. I'm fearful, whatever it may be. This excuse may be something that in the future we look back with regret and say, God, I missed that. May that be, not be tomorrow or the next day because today we're seeking God desperately saying, God, call me to action. What is the action you're calling me to? And we need to live like Jesus who walks up over Jerusalem and looks down over Jerusalem and is weeping. He's weeping for what he sees and he's passionately alive with his one and only life. As we seek his wisdom, he will show us areas of actions where he's already working in our life. Yes. But I also want to address in this room because apathy can be something else besides just spiritual as well. And we've been talking a lot about that. And I just want to address this a little bit because it is important. Like some of us, if we find ourselves in a place that almost is depression or apathy based, it, we may need to go see a counselor. We honestly may need to, or we may need to go see a, a physician says, something's wrong, like I'm, I'm more tired than I've ever been, like I just have no drive, whatever. Like we may need to do that too. And so really seek God, saying, God, are you calling me to physical action? Or maybe you're calling me to just pray? That's action, by the way. Or maybe I need to go see a counselor or a physician. Here's what I would say. I've, I've really super enjoyed working out the last couple years. Look at Ryan, like his guns are huge, man. <laughs> 
There's something to eating right. There's something to working out and treating our body like the temple that God called it to be. You're just not going to think and you're just not going to feel right unless you're eating right and you're working out. Like just in the physical world, okay? And sleeping. I got to work on that. Okay. Hebrews 6, 1 says this. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Church, this is where I get so frustrated. Let's stop going over the basic teachings of Christ again over again and again. And let's us instead, uh, uh, let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Let's grow in what God is calling us to do. And then you can move down a few more verses, six, uh, Hebrews 6, 12. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. How many of you want to be titled and known as that? Spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those that are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. This is a call to put on our spiritual big boy pants and our big girl pants on. And to move past the elementary things. And to stop walking in apathy, but call us to action, to lead, to do, to be. Because the world needs hope. We have that hope. To be people of action, we need to reject passivity. We need to reject apathy. And we need to reject just simply reacting to life around us. Here's what I know. When we love someone or something, we give all of us to that. When we love someone or something, we give all of us to that. We don't hold anything back. Um, and and here's, what, here's how that's played out in my life. I knew I was giving up being a mad skanker when I met Lauren. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> I was in a band, and the type of music we played was called ska. I played trumpet. And the dance that you do is called skanking? That's the skank. You want me to skank for you? No, I might. I might. I might. Throw on my back, right? Throw on my back. But we were destined to, we were destined to rock the world until this cute little thing called Lord comes in. I'm like, oh. I'll give up my skanking for that. Like, I never thought I would say that. Don't. She's in nursery. She's in the nursery. Don't tell her that again. You get the point. What we're in love with, now we'll give all ourselves to. If we're madly in love with Jesus, we're not going to hold anything back, church. Let's not have regret for things that we've just passively let pass by it today. And when we look at the men and women in, in history that have gone before us, I, mean, I thank God they're doers and shakers and that they love God. And I think at the end, Revelations 3, 15 through 17 says this, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say I'm rich, I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. May that not be us. 
I'm going to pray this prayer over you today. And so if you want to close your notes or close your Bible or whatever it may be, this literally is a prayer based out of Hebrews 11 that I just kind of wrote this week as I, as I was processing my own pathetic apathy to give this message. I put this prayer down in word. And maybe you, as you go home later on today, you can rewrite your own prayer based on Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11, you know, the great men, the, the people of faith that came before us, and God's saying, look at them, man, look at their life. And so I'm going to pray this over you. Would you accept this? I'm praying it over me too. And it's in your U version notes if you want to refer to it later. May we show and live much hope even when things are unseen. May we have deep faith in you. May we live today believing your promises of who you are. May we by faith walk through our, in, our individual red seas today. May our weakness be turned to strength. May we turn to you to be set free. God, you have the best in mind for us. May we walk today in your confidence.